0: In China, China different, different stories. stories. We are the one founder way, the way and in a new life. Adopted babies, adopted from babies China. from China. Yay! I'm excited to have another episode of ABC Adopted Babies from China. I'm Tara, and I'm here with Sarah. Hello. And Sarah is now kind of my neighbor, which is so cool because I moved closer. I am now in Queens, which I believe I mentioned before, but this is time for me to interview Sarah. So Sarah, please tell me more about your adoption story and everything.
1: Cool. So yeah, my name is Sarah. I am 27 years old, but I was adopted from Anway province, a city called Ma Anshan, at a little bit over a year old, I was adopted from uh, this place called the Ma Anshan Social Welfare Institute, which previously, um, around 1994, was more of an orphanage. Now it's kind of a center for children with special needs and slash a retirement home. (laughs) <laughs> oh okay so people are still there it's just kind of like a different audience yeah <laughs> I'm so excited we're the same
0: age oh there we go we're the same age and we, we're neighbors we probably talked about this but we're the same age <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness and that's really interesting that the this basically the institution or I guess the center that you're from was like mm-hmm. primary orphanage and converted more into like a special needs and retirement home combo I think yeah. that's becoming more common
1: maybe I think so I think that uh these days uh the kid needs care they are put more so into foster homes rather than orphanages mm-hmm. these days and then the kids that have more special needs go to orphanages but don't quote me on that I'm not told. Totally I, sure. I don't know either <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: Logically does make sense, so <laughs> I was like, I believe it, and I guess since they lifted the one child policy that you're able to have more children in mm-hmm. your home, so yeah that that would make sense,
1: yeah, 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 but it's it's nice to know that at least the last time I went back, they were still in business,
0: oh, so you did go back to your,
1: mm, your- yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, gosh, yeah.
0: okay, yeah, let's get into it. When did you let's, do that how do are you let's dive deep <laughs> I-
1: Went back, so I've been back three times now. So the first one was, I went to Hong Kong uh, for like a few days. I think my parents just kind of like, let's go to China. I'm like, okay. Um, And then the second time was to adopt my sister. And then the Mm -hmm. third time was more of a, let's see, more of China, but also visit where you guys are from.
0: Oh. kind of trip,
1: which was really cool. I think I was about fifteen or sixteen. Okay. Yeah.
0: Oh, so you guys went back to where you were where you were adopted from and also where your sister's adopted from. Yeah. On the same trip.
1: On the same trip. A lot of emotion. Oh my gosh. How much <laughs>
0: younger is your sister?
1: My sister is six years younger. So she okay. was about ten years old. I was about sixteen years old. Oh man. We so went back. Yeah. So old enough to remember. Old enough on my part at least to kind of understand what's going on Mm -hmm. and kind of know the severity of it I can't really speak on my sister's behalf
2: but yeah
1: I think it would be a much different trip if I were to go now approaching 30 than Mm -hmm. when I was 16 so it's on the list it's on the list
0: (laughs) I believe it. Yeah, because I'm sure a lot will change too. When you went back, that when you saw that they were converting into like that different audience basically converting. Yeah. What?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We we went and there were I don't know, residents, orphans. I don't know what you would necessarily call it. But it was definitely uh it had a good amount of people still there. So it was mm-hmm. it was good to see that my first home was kind of still a home for other people
0: yeah that is cool I've I've talked to some people and they've said that their orphanages or places are no longer there at all it's like oh that's
1: (laughs) kind of a bummer I think (laughs) right I feel like it could be a little bit of both you know like your first home and you want to see that it's successful but I guess if they aren't in business maybe they're not necessarily needed which might Uh not be a bad thing too yeah (laughs) that's cool
0: uh I didn't know if that had anything to do with I guess just going back didn't have anything to do with like wanting to learn more about like your story or was it just kind of like your parents like oh let's go back and let Mm. you guys like explore more were you I, I don't know I feel like at 15 16 I was kind of in that same boat of yeah, let's just go do this thing. It's like, all right, let's go. But not yeah. really processing adoption part of it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think, uh, well, FCC, like Families with Children from China, um, I believe we did the trip through them. Mm. So it was like a FCC-sponsored trip or something like that. And that included four major cities of China, Beijing being one of them, mm-hmm. uh, Chengdu, Gweilin, and I'm forgetting one. Maybe it was three. My sister's hometown was on that list. So we got to kind of run away for a couple days to kind of do our own family thing. And since we were in her town, Mm -hmm. uh, we would just visit it. And because her town was on the list, my parents thought it was only fair if they added mine Mm. to the list after the trip was technically over. So we kind of like hit all the birds with one stone while we went. But I think had her town not been on the list, I don't know if we would have done the extra two cities.
0: That works out though. That works out.
1: Yeah, it worked out really well.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. All the places you've mentioned, I actually went to at different times, but I went oh, yeah? to the same cities. Yeah.
1: Oh my God, amazing. How I feel like I did
0: the... Oh man, I well, Guilin was... I think only like three years ago
1: Oh, so I went they, back. You
0: remember it really well. Yeah, like, I went back it's for beautiful. It's beautiful there. It really is, and it, they they have a very well known like Chinese immersion language program that my dad went to a couple times. Oh, amazing! Suggested to go there, so I actually went there, did Chinese language for two weeks technically, uh, but in the middle of it, I went back to my city. So I was oh, like, oh wow. I'm here. Why not? And I also, but we started at Beijing. So Beijing and Guilin, those are the first time that I went there. Mm-hmm. Before that, Chengdu, I think I was about 11. Okay. And that was a family trip with my one brother. But I was like, whoa, I've been to all these places too. <laughs> exact same. Whatever oh, that wow. last city is, though, I
1: don't know. But... <laughs> no one really does. It's like one of those really, really small cities. Gotcha. But uh it's an Anhui province which i think is not too far from nanjing okay yeah yeah yeah. like china name like the bigger cities around it to kind of get the yeah. general area oh, just, wow guilin that's amazing and you would studied chinese for two years that's really i'm sorry two weeks that's two really weeks cool. oh yeah, oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> two years i would be much more proficient than i am now now i'm just kind of <laughs> like
1: got this <laughs> that's awesome
0: I guess we could backtrack a little bit. So you, so you have been back to China. Mm -hmm. You're adopted, grew up in the U.S. Did you grow up in the Northeast in the U.S. or somewhere Mm, else? I did. I
1: grew up in Westchester County in New York. Oh, so so you're about a New Yorker. Yeah, like forty minutes away from Manhattan.
0: Yeah, my, one of my new roommates is from Westchester too.
1: Oh, no way. He
0: explained that. I was like, what? <laughs> What's West, Westchester? Is that a, is that close?
1: Did he say technically it's not upstate? I feel like that's what a lot of I Westchester people did.
0: said. I don't think he did. He said, yeah, it's." I think he said he biked there once too. I was like, really? That's a
1: decent that's a bike, bike ride. That's a decent bike ride. Yeah.
0: Oh, I remember we were talking about this because the Metro North train.
1: Yes, we passed you, it you, on we the, passed the it. Hike. Yeah. hike. Yes,
0: on the hike. Okay, now it's all coming back to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was
1: like, Wait, we did talk about this. Yes, yeah, so you grew up. I would say the hike was like borderline upstate. Anything below it is. Gotcha. Like
0: yeah. Okay, so you grew up in New York. So families with children from China is a big New York based. Yeah. That's right?
1: I believe so. I believe so. Yeah. Okay, because
0: I don't know if they have other chapters in other areas or mm-hmm.
1: not. But mm-hmm. I've heard I'm them. not as familiar if they branch out outside of New York.
2: Mm.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if they did, honestly. But um, just because I know a lot of kids that are adopted from China associated with FCC, some of them don't even live in New York. So right. I wouldn't be surprised if there were some branches out there.
0: Okay, so you were very involved with, I guess you were involved with families and children from China, or your family had you guys involved with them?
1: Yeah, I don't remember too much about it. I think it was one of those programs where, like, my parents put us in to kind of meet children very Mm -hmm. similar to us, Um, but at that age where I would have been very heavily involved, I didn't really involve myself Mm -hmm. I believe a lot of the FCC programs also don't quote me on this but I think it's geared towards families Mm -hmm. as opposed to the individual so adopted parents because can also meet adopted parents through it not just adoptees meeting adoptees
0: I assume that too, actually, based on what they show and what they share. It's like it's very family oriented. It's like, oh, yeah. I'm under the impression it's a lot of like younger adoptees right now
1: involved mm.
0: with their families yeah. or their families are involved with like younger children.
1: Yeah. Younger I think, kids. Uh, was it China started like the adoption between like America and China and all over the world kind of started in like 1992? Mm-hmm. So I think you and I were kind of like trailblazers for that. Yep. <laughs> we're the trailblazers. So those involved with FCC are probably younger than us. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what I think. I think other people have said that too.
1: Mm-hmm. It's been like a
0: very common thought, <laughs> line of thought. I wonder, can you hear my roommate in the in the background or no?
1: I did for like a second.
0: Okay. I wonder yeah. if
1: you can hear mine
0: no no
1: this is the whole like work from home I know thing is like you hear like, other people's like zoom conversations and meetings
0: yeah well it's New York City too so I was like you know it's gonna <laughs> happen I mean the last recording I did in my previous place like we were all moving so like mm. the couple that had like moved out they kept coming back to move out more and it happened to be just at the same time every time I recorded this like, this new is roommate. not a quiet process either no it's not you hear boxes and tapes and, and tape being ripped <laughs> and i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> um no it just happens that one roommate has like a very like a voice that projects <laughs> oh i was only asking because i was like man when i edit sometimes i hear the other people You're like dang it. <laughs> <laughs> which i hope was not the case how
1: long does awesome. that editing process take
0: I would say an hour to
1: three hours depending how oh, long it is okay it's been like your you said it's been like your quarantine project right it's been so my quarantine project practice makes better
0: oh yeah oh yeah I'm like getting a schedule down as I ask people it's getting easier oh nice great like a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of people are saying yes because now it's been out that they know what it is Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, sweet. Versus like when you start something and you have to establish it, people are like, I don't really know. Right, well, right, right, right. It's like upstairs. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think long way of finding AKA was partially, I mean, I attribute to the podcast because that's like, I started with podcast, and I like met somebody who introduced me to like Facebook groups. And through there I found other things, which in a long like winded way is how I found like AKA because of the Amazing. hike.
1: Right. Your first event was a huge event. It was
0: huge, yeah. It was a hike outside, (laughs) which was good. It was a hike outside.
1: It was like our first in-person event since Mm -hmm. the beginning of quarantine, so that was a big deal. But yeah, I feel like that was probably one of the best kinds of first events, Is like the in-person one, where you're not like pixelated with a bunch of faces on your screen of like people that you don't really – get to talk to you one-on-one it's more mm-hmm. of like an event where you mute yourself and something is happening which is very inclusive but the the one-on-one time is very minimal oh, in yeah. those kind of events so I'm glad that you
0: came that was yes I feel like this whole new network opened up I mean I'm started to work with Jacqueline amazing a little bit with her Like jewelry business, like I've started working with her business a little bit, yeah, to help like grow it. So, and then we were and we run together. So when I was living near her, because of that hike, it's like, Mm -hmm. all right, we're gonna go ahead and uh, run together. So like I would run to her and we would run together.
1: Oh, that's so cool.
0: Now I could still do it, but
1: probably won't be as frequent. (laughs) Her jewelry is beautiful. Oh yeah. Like I'm not a big jewelry wearer, but I have like a few of her pieces, and I'll wear that anytime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, Jacqueline jewelry, right?
0: So funny. I just had this conversation with my roommate yesterday. <laughs> I was like, I have to learn the difference between, like, diamond, pearl, sterling silver, like, and all that to understand what she does. Yeah. Let's promote her. Promoter.
1: Promote her. Promote AKA.
0: Yes. Well, okay. Yes. Yeah, so that's actually a good, because we're talking about families with children from China. So how did you mm-hmm. find AKA? Because I, I guess they're New York-based, too.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you were
0: involved with FCC when you were a little bit younger. How did you find AKA?
1: Mm, so, AKA, I only, ah, AKA is an international adoptee organization. It stands for also known as, um, and it's open to all international adoptees. When If you join, you'll predominantly sense that it's heavily with an Asian population,
2: mm-hmm.
1: even heavier in the Korean population. But we are trying to diversify it a little bit more and let every international adoptee know that they are more than welcome to join. But it was founded by Holly McGinnis. I initially found it only about two years ago. So, I we had a like a roommate holiday Christmas party, and one of my roommates invited her friend Dan. Who is a part of AKA and during this uh, like this holiday party, we bonded over the fact that we're both adoptees. Ah. And he is so comfortable telling his story
2: mm-hmm. that
1: it made me feel a little bit more comfortable telling my story.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we we chatted and he's like, oh, there's this organization I'm a part of. It's called AKA. Um, We have events like twice a month at least. Uh, Why don't you come by? It's a lot of fun. I have a lot of friends there. It's not all like adoptee, adoptee, adoptee. Like we talk about other things too. So I I told him I would look into it, but I didn't think much of it or think I was ready for something like that. But he was persistent and he kept inviting me (laughs) to things even though I was a little bit nervous. I think he invited me around December and I took me till March to want to go to one of the events but my first event was a happy hour nice at this uh a bar in Manhattan called Reunion mm. and I walked in I was instantly like greeted with like a lei like the flower laser around <laughs> the neck and uh I was like, oh, I'm here for an AKA thing. And they're like, oh, right this way. And then I go into this room, which is like a sea of Asians. And <laughs> <laughs> I try to like look for Dan right away, find mm-hmm. him. He introduces me to people and then he just like bounces and talks to other people. <laughs> so I'm just kind of like in the sea of, to me, strangers. And then in five minutes, we all became really good friends right and it wasn't like we became friends over the idea of adoption and that's the only mm-hmm. thing we could talk about because that was the only thing in common but it was more so that base layer was taken care of so the wall dropped a little bit yeah which was really cool and then uh like afterwards we took the happy where elsewhere and like got food and I don't think generally speaking I would probably go out to dinner, and more drinks with people I had just met, met especially right. if they were already previously friends. But yeah, it was a really great night. I There are two other members that that was their first night also. Uh. We all exchanged contact information, and like this day and age, that's like Instagram, and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But like to this day, we're still really, really close. So that's kind of that first day kind of like hooked me into aka and I yeah. know a lot of other people kind of have similar stories of mm-hmm. that feeling of just being surrounded by people with that same foundation
0: oh yeah I agree I feel like that's a similar story you hear from everybody who goes to an event for the first time like yeah Everybody feels like they're friends, and then you talk. Like, oh, okay, it's actually good. (laughs) Everybody's really friendly. (laughs) Yeah, I think I was most excited because most of the members right now that I've met are uh, a little bit older. Mm -hmm. Like, us. I mean, not that we're old, but a little bit older like we are. So I was like, oh, this is cool to connect with, like, older people
1: and make friends. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I tend Um, to find that the ages are probably around, like, 23 24 all the way to like 50 something mm-hmm. 60 maybe oh, um yeah. and that's just like the people that I've met I know that it spans a little farther than Manhattan oh, too. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's interesting was... to get like an adult perspective over adoption versus mm-hmm. when you're like eight or nine and your parents are right there and mm-hmm. it's definitely different
0: Yeah, and I I don't know, I think it differs for everybody too, with like when, because I know the conversation about like birth parent search comes up, and
1: Mm -hmm. talking to
0: somebody about birth parent search when they're like in their early 20s versus like their early 30s, I think is usually a different conversation too. Oh, yeah. Oh, how is that going for you? And and you hear a lot of reunion stories too, and you're like, oh, whoa. It's kind Um, of amazing. It is amazing. I think I ran with Jacqueline once and I ended up beating her, like, brother from the same mother. Amazing. <laughs> People surprise you too at the same time. People
1: surprise In you. In good absolutely. ways. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I feel like this is one of the first conversations where I've been able to, like, go on tangents of.
1: Oh, like, I'm, like, known for tangents and, like, getting off track all the time. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. I mean,
1: it happens. There's,
0: like, informative <laughs> things too, but curious more about, like, so you grew up in New York City, mm-hmm. right? New York City, because mm-hmm. it's not upstate. Did you <laughs> go to university up here, too, ah, or did you go yes. somewhere
1: else? So I went to, well, I went to Rutgers University in New Jersey, mm. and I, they have a lot of different sub-schools at Rutgers, just because it's such a big school. Mm-hmm. I was in uh, Mason Gross School of the Arts, so it's kind of like a conservatory within a large university. Um, And I was a dance major. So I have a BFA in dance and a minor in psychology. What? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So I got to study dance for four years. And that experience was really cool. Not only because I got to study dance, but because I got to kind of live on the arts campus. So we had like actors rehearsing outside Mm. and musicians like riffing off of each other and Like these beautiful voices that would just like sing and rehearse all day long. And then there was us dancers just kind of like flailing everywhere. (laughs) But that was a really cool experience because it was a part of a larger university. We also got to take like gen eds and kind of get that I don't want to say proper college experience, but there were frats and football games. It wasn't just like the arts.
0: Yeah, it's like a wholesome liberal arts type experience too, I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what drew me to move to New York City. Mm. I mean, Westchester is only 40 minutes outside of the city, but if you want to dance and get a job and hustle, and you kind of have to be in the heart of it, Mm -hmm. that commute will take a lot of time every day. Oh, yeah. To get back and forth in and out of the city. So, yeah, that kind of drew me to New York. Probably insert a break. As a dancer, if there are any dancers out there, they know this. It's not the most highest paying career (laughs) out there. So, luckily enough, another needed market in New York City is personal training. Oh. So, I also do that.
0: Whoa, okay, so you, because you're working from home, so you'd be, you, I guess,
1: like, you can't exactly dance, right? Right, I mean? it's definitely a different world now that we are all virtual, I think. Mm-hmm. If you do rehearse, it's kind of like you're rehearsing with the rules of that company and their COVID reality. Right some companies maybe you'll get tested before you go some companies you'll quarantine with that company it's uh very dependent on each one but uh at the beginning of quarantine I did some virtual rehearsals which were much different dancing Mm -hmm. in a very new york-sized bedroom versus (laughs) a large studio uh, but luckily, the dance community did a really good job at adapting pretty quickly and offered a lot of online classes, I kind of Zoom classes where, which kind of, um, if you wanted it to open the dance world from just classes you could take via Subway. And I could take classes in from LA or I could take classes from Israel because everything was Zoom. It would just be at maybe a funky time or some people that normally teach in New York City had students from all over the world Mm -hmm. kind of pull in. So that kind of increased the whole teaching learning experience, but definitely rehearsals and performances have taken a hit during
0: COVID. So I guess once we're allowed to be more in person you'll be back to like dancing doing jobs yes. with, like dancing oh my gosh I cannot wait for the day oh I'm sure <laughs> oh, okay I don't know if I knew you were dancing. that's so cool yeah <laughs> oh yeah what a dream <laughs> what kind of dance is it all different types
1: mm, so I started out actually with traditional Chinese dance mm. as a youngin, and that was with a school called New York Chinese Cultural Center. Mm. I'm pretty sure they're still around. I'm just not sure where they're located because I know they had to switch their space. Mm. Um, that school actually, to like bring it back a couple questions, has a huge um, Chinese adopted community. Oh. So a lot of students who are part of New York Chinese Cultural Center are also adopted from China maybe not Mm. through the same adoption agency yeah but I guess kind of word of mouth happens with adopted parents right and a majority of the kids that I grew up with at that school were adopted from China including a couple from my own adoption group ah, which was really cool so instead of like reunions of adoption groups we kind of have like every Sunday Mm -hmm. Chinese class Uh, but that school had both language and dance Mm -hmm. and acrobat and I think calligraphy but I was like mostly dance dancing and then I saw the step up movie (laughs) when I was in ninth grade (laughs) and fell in absolute love with hip-hop and then I decided when it was time to like pick schools that it's what I wanted to do. Mason Grove School of the Arts, they predominantly focus on modern mm-hmm. slash contemporary. And you do get other trainings mixed in there like ballet, African, but it's predominantly modern and contemporary, which is also a majority of what I find New York to be as well. It's kind Uh of that more classic theater-type performance-based projects versus, like, music videos or television or movies. That's more so L.A. Mm. It does kind of intertwine a little bit. Like, you can get TV gigs and commercials on this coast. And I'm sure there are plenty of theaters on the West Coast. But it's kind of like you want to pick and choose If you wanted to pick and choose your lane, that kind of deters what city you go to.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, Um, yeah, because I know it's like you have the New York Ballet, which is Mm -hmm. big here. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know if there's like a if there's a big ballet school on the West Coast like New York Ballet, but probably I don't know. You just know of like New
1: York Ballet.
0: There's a bunch (laughs) of like shows and documentaries on it. So,
1: oh yes, New York City Ballet is very popular. American Ballet Theatre is also. Based in New That's York right. City, you got you got Juilliard, yeah. You got LaGuardia High School. You got Marymount in the city. NYU has a program, mm. but you've got like theaters like Lincoln Center, the Joyce, yeah, which are pre- pretty major ones in Manhattan. Have you performed in any of these like major places? Oh man, I would love to perform at Lincoln Center. Um, mm. I would even love to perform at the Joyce. Um, But I've performed at Brooklyn uh, Academy of Music, BAM. Oh, yeah, yeah, BAM. Um, There's this place called Dixon Place, which is in kind of the Lower East Side. And, like, a couple, like, black boxes here and there, but once the world opens back up like joyce is like, like right at, back oh, on it. the top of the list yeah <laughs> okay i don't even know what that is so i'll probably look it up <laughs> it's, it's like in June. chelsea and they have a lot of oh. well-priced shows when there are shows there okay um they have like a whole season so like every weekend you can catch a show in chelsea okay um, and even if i if they still do this, sometimes they give you like ten dollar tickets if you're willing to sit in the very, very front row. Oh. Mm-hmm.
0: This is good to know. It's so funny that you were talking about like dancing in your room. I'm just trying <laughs> to imagine that on a virtual call. Like, how are you dancing and people still see like all of you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's very it's very interesting. Sometimes things get cut cut off in the frame. Right. But uh, even as like a personal trainer and training clients virtually these days, it's kind of like they have their computer set up and then they go off and do an exercise. I'm like, wait, wait, I can't see you. Give <laughs> the right form. Uh, <laughs> like the computer back. has to come down with you or come up with you. Yeah. It's like Definitely. its own workout. Mm-hmm. To you move get an your extra- computer rep by moving your computer
0: <laughs> yeah I love it we're just, we're just getting nerdy about our arts and
1: yes fitness. <laughs> oh my god I'm the nerdiest when it comes to arts and fitness oh
0: yeah <laughs> I've started
1: to do that too like,
0: okay so I remember you were talking about like it's on your list to go back to mm. China especially like where you adapted from do you have mm. any like expectations or any wisdom to provide to those who might be interested in going back oh i had to reshape that question because you told me you already went back <laughs> so
1: like, let me think about this one for a second i think going back so i it's on my list because i have in the recent past years experienced the benefits of a solo trip Hmm. And I would love to kind of redo like a home visit with having done solo trips before. I see. To kind of, for lack of a better word, tackle maybe any feelings I have towards adoption and my own adoption story with a solo trip in mind and kind of doing it on my own Mm -hmm. rather than with my parents or family or friends because I know especially not maybe so for friends but for family they have it's their own trip for them they Mm -hmm. have they're returning to if it's my sister she's also returning to her home country if it's my parents they're returning to the country where they became parents Mm -hmm. so it's kind of everyone has their own expectations maybe so to say yeah. when returning so I kind of want to make it more so maybe the idea of less distraction and more I can focus on Oh yeah. the actual return and how I feel about it as a grown adult and I guess what I can take away from it now with a mature mindset than a 16 year old mm-hmm. I'm actually currently trying to learn Chinese
2: Mm.
1: so that when I go back, I'm a little bit more equipped than last time because we'll see how far I get in three years, but I would love to do it without a translator. I see. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's much to my story that, I don't know or have any way of finding out. So I feel like in terms of expectations there, Mm -hmm. I don't have high ones. Like I don't have a link to who my birth mother is or my birth family. So there's no anticipation of meeting them and having Mm -hmm. expectations for that. I think my trip would be more so just to absorb it all as an adult rather than a teen and compare on how I feel now versus how I felt Mm -hmm. then. But I think I would definitely want to, I'd want to hit the big cities just to, just to hit the big cities. Um, Cause I feel like you could stay in Beijing for a year and not see everything. I would love to go to the major cities and then I would, I would like to visit my hometown again, Mm -hmm. maybe even visit the orphanage again, but kind of, yeah, as a more, mature mindset adult figure.
0: I imagine also doing that solo will be a very different experience too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 I I think it will be I anticipate it being a very like heavy
2: mm-hmm.
1: feeling, but kind of one that I wouldn't want to quite share in the moment with another person. I'd want to kind of absorb it and take it mm-hmm. in. Uh, before I, like, talk about it and share it with other people. Right.
0: So, yeah, taking time, like, process. That's cool. No, I knew we would get along because I feel that way too about, like, uh, (laughs) we have that similar mindset of solo trips and just being able to process stuff on your own without influenced by others, not that have any, like, ill intention or anything like that. Just it's a a different thing, like, especially with adoption. I feel like Mm – You don't always want to be surrounded by others when you're trying to process
1: what you're going through with your adoption. You're like, yeah. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's kind of you're going at a pace of experiencing it and absorbing it like on your own pace rather than someone else's pace. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so nice. (laughs) (laughs) So the goal is to go back like at the big 30 when I turn 30, kind of like entering a new decade. Like kinda with that mindset.
0: Oh yeah. And I think in three years things should be relatively um not as scary as they are Let's at this moment. I hope so. Would you and you don't have to answer this, but it's kind of personal questions. Like if sure. you were actually had like a significant other and stuff, would you consider having that person go with you? Or would you still try mm. to do like, on your
1: own? I think it depends on that significant other's stance on adoption. Mm. Maybe if they are kind of well-versed in it and understand that I'm doing this trip for myself, then potentially. Ideally, I'd probably still want to go on my own and then maybe they could join for the tail end of it. Like if I were to go for like two months, they could come for the last two weeks or something like that. But I think especially visiting the orphanage itself that day I'd want to do solo so if yeah. I had someone come with me throughout the whole thing then they could go off and do their thing for a day I'll go off and do my thing for a day yeah. and we'll can like swap stories afterwards
0: that's exactly what I would do too because <laughs> somebody's <laughs> asked me that too and I was like honestly right now having a significant other is not priority at all yeah
1: <laughs> there's like- a, there's a lot of stuff that I've got to figure out, and mm-hmm. I think it's been put off due to work, school, significant others, like mm-hmm. friends, like just things, and like being a young adult in New York City, you're like, I could think about my adoption, or oh. I could do so many other things. 2020, I mean, like I feel like a lot of people are saying this, it forced you to kind of slow down, So a lot of these things do tend to resurface when you don't have those side distractions.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) So yeah, this has definitely
1: been like more top of mind than it has been in years. And now that it is top of mind, I don't want it to go back under the carpet. So that's a good way to share it. It'll come out eventually. So I could either Mm. like shove it down and then I'll come out again later or I could just deal with it now. Maybe and like hopefully. small doses. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Over three years, yeah, you'll have plenty of time to small doses. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a really good tie-in, I guess, into the last question that I always mm-hmm. ask, which is, do you have anything you would like to hear from other adoptees or other people who adoption has become a big part of their
1: life? Mm, I think... What I would like to hear more about is I know a lot of people, whether they're comfortable or not, kind of have their story to tell. And it's almost it almost seems, or at least for me, sometimes it seems like kind of premeditative. I know exactly what I'm gonna say, because I kind of say it each time. Mm. And I think I am aware. at least with the adoptee communities that I've been a part of of kind of like where they came from but I'm curious maybe on how adoptees use their story and how they feel about it but like kind of looking towards like the future Mm. like how does it currently affect your relationships with people do you like how it currently affects your relationships with people if you don't what do you want to do differently Or if you in, let's say, years down the line, you speak to like a child who is adopted, like kind of like what advice would you give them Mm -hmm. as like growing up as an adoptee and going through everything an adoptee has to go through? You could do like the whole younger self question or like a younger stranger. Mm -hmm. Like What would you let them know that maybe they were worried about as like an adolescent but then when you're 50 you're like hey, it's okay <laughs> right <laughs> man
0: that's very good that's very thought-provoking response for sure
1: <laughs> i don't know if i necessarily have an answer for that one which is probably why i'd want to hear it from other people mm-hmm. too just to kind of get the gears turning in my own head
0: man i feel like i would tell my younger self it's like just, just keep Just keep going because it will get better and there will be hard days. Yeah. There will be hard days and there will be not hard days. So,
1: (laughs) If it's like like my own younger self, not necessarily a younger stranger, I'd probably say something like, Mm -hmm. you're going to meet a sea of people just like you. And that is going to open so many doors to your own journey that you didn't realize were closed. Mm -hmm and to do your best not to run from it because it's pretty awesome oh yeah oh,
0: that's awesome <laughs> that's such a good good end <laughs> uh to the podcast of course would you like to share like your social media or aka's information too because uh, yeah. you are a, you are a board member i don't know if we have a
1: board member Sarah is yes. also
0: a board member of aka and actually
1: is behind
0: the instagram right
1: yes uh me and oh dracolina is <laughs> in charge of the social media so if you go to our also known as instagram page um we post a lot of upcoming events and current projects that we're doing it's also aka's 25th anniversary this year so we have a few more events this year than we normally would so mm. we got a pretty stacked calendar for 2021 and we're going to make them as fun and enjoyable as virtual events can go but if you want to check out the website it's also known as org which there has a lot of our upcoming events as well, as long as our mission statement. If you want to join the newsletter, we send out one or two a month, also kind of recapping what's going on in the community. Um, there's information there about uh, Korean language classes. There is a youth and teen mentorship program. There's like a sea of opportunities for adoptees of all ages. So that's my AKA plug. Uh, My own Instagram is Sarah, S-A-R-A underscore C-D. And there I post very rarely anything that has to do with adoption. (laughs) Right. If you go there, you'll see dance and you'll probably see like hiking photos as well.
0: Awesome. So yes, check out also known as it's for all international adoptees. Mm hmm everybody is welcome and Sarah without an H which also made me really excited (laughs) Sarah without an H so our names rhyme and they spell the same yeah for the first letter (laughs) um but yes thank you for thank you
1: so much for this opportunity yeah this
0: is great it was was a lot of fun I'm glad we we were actually able to feel like to get to know each other a little bit more too Dudes. Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. Because <laughs> like, we only had blood. the hike previously, so we
0: only had, yeah. And then I've seen you in the events, but it's like yeah, you're, we're not like. But now it. you're my neighbor, so this works. Better. I'm your neighbor now. I know. <laughs> well, goodbye for now. I always say yes. that. Yes, it definitely is. I'm sure I'll see you again soon. Of course. Hopefully, in person would be great. But we'll mm-hmm. see. Thank you for listening to ABC. If you would like to share your story, please contact China at gmail.com or adoptedbabiesfromchinapod on Instagram and Facebook. And if you have time, please leave a rating, review. That would be awesome. Okay, bye.